Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. The Deep Dive. Was it, uh, was it CLV or uh, LIV? Well, here's the problem. The water polo match we bet on was said to be contested today. And now in the pending bets, it said it's going to be contested on the 23rd. So oh, even when I, yeah, even when I degen bet something, it doesn't quite work out. <laughs> Otherwise, yes, we're back. We're back. Congratulations to you. Andy Golfy Golfy picks is now you've transitioned from footy picks to golfy picks, but guess what? The heater still in play, still in play. Um, yes. I think uh, your, you know, your read on the Open, your read on the Barbasol Championship, both very strong. Um, you know that, that it was a good weekend for those of us betting uh, into sort of the most uh, most popular sports, I guess. Um, overall, it was a profitable weekend, and uh, but we're not here to talk about the past. No, we're here I've, to I've look, do it all look over towards again. the future. The three, we're on to the three M, and we are on to the. NFC South today. This is a fun division. Yeah. Got a little bit of a surprise tickle to it last year with uh, old Tom Brady heading down there. And there's a bin outside, really. Um, and we're not going to talk about Tampa today. That'll be Wednesday. But Tampa is static. I mean, very little changing from last year's to this year's team. Yes. Everything else, every other team. New quarterbacks, new coaches, new coordinators, all kinds of stuff, like massive. Ch- and, yeah, even the Saints, There's, we don't even know. We're hoping we find out by Wednesday. That's not happening. But yeah. I, got a, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. On that too. one. Um, what's your feeling? I don't know if our feelings are the same. On that one. I, I think it might be the tight end. I think it is, too. I, th- I think, <laughs> I think it's going to be Hill. because it's the wrong decision. So that well, one guy he still makes bad decisions. I don't know. Lasix just fix that. I I'm not sure. We'll get to him Wednesday. Today we're going to start with the two bottom teams. And again, this is not us picking on your team. We're just going by the odds. We're going to start, you know, with the the teams that are projected to finish the worst. That doesn't always happen. In fact teams that finished worst last year, somebody historically probably will finish first in their division from worst to first. That's a thing that often happens. Maybe some candidates, I don't know who did finish worst. I think, yeah, Panthers were Washington second to worst. Second to worst last year. Actually, Atlanta won four games. Panthers won five. Let's start with this Panthers 2020 season, five and 11. Not great, but you've expected some growing pains some I think they were good against the spread yeah and there was some you know there was a major injury there was flux at quarterback i mean it wasn't it wasn't an easy season for a, a young coaching staff coming up from the college ranks so your major takeaway is 2020 uh teddy covers um teddy covers indeed they, the, the, the panthers were getting some big numbers middle late of the season and i took those big numbers a lot and generally got rewarded KC comes to mind. Green Bay yep. came to mind. Um, but overall, it was a team that was not expected to do much and didn't do much. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know what else there is to say. I guess uh, overall, I thought they um, – overall, my takeaway from the 2020 season was positive for the Panthers. It was positive. Despite only winning five games, yeah. 
the despite only but despite not having any answer at quarterback for the foreseeable future they at least came out of there with two two relatively important positives the first was their wide receiver room is stacked yes that's a good ass wide receiver room and the second was their offensive coordinator is he can handle it he can do it he can do it joe brady has the goods to do it at the NFL level. And they retained him. So that was pretty important. There now, were people worried yeah. about that. Like, is he of just going to jump ship for a, you know? I would I have been think... sniffing around if I didn't have an offensive coordinator and I thought I could give him more money than the Panthers. Yeah, there's, there's that. I wonder if he'd have jumped, like, just for more money. I think the only way I'd jump, and I granted a couple million dollars or whatever, even a million dollars extra, it's hard to turn down. But I think he waits until there's a head coaching job. If that ever happens, if he materializes into a good coach. Uh, the regular season win total last year was five and a half. They won five. Their X, uh, X-Fib. I almost said X-Fib. I don't even <laughs> bet baseball. Where did that come from? That, that was really out of left question, field, to, no pun intended. But their high tag <laughs> was 6.6, according to the outsiders of football over there. So pretty close they lost some close games but they were you know they were covering they were a decent cover team and they were a team again like i said quarterback was in flux cmc out it was a and it was the first year under a new regime so yeah as long as you didn't bet as long as you didn't bet them against the buccaneers you did damn good betting the oh god that you did damn good betting the panthers as a dog last year they were nine and seven overall against the spread when they were a dog uh, again except for the two games against the buccaneers uh they covered uh i think six seven times eight times so yeah eight eight of their eight of their dog spots they covered so um, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty damn impressive. But you know, really, again, kind of to kind of to kind of focus on the positives, um, they have two wide receivers who absolutely rock. Uh, the pickup of Robbie Anderson as a free agent from the Jets was a solid move. DJ Moore has developed into a legit dude. Um, they obviously they had Christian McCaffrey early, and he. What are you laughing about? <laughs> What's that bear doing? Oh, what's that bear doing? That was the that's, great Rob. Yeah, that, that Rob, does that. Robbie, Robbie Anderson, Anderson is an entertainer. He's yeah. He, uh, he has provided us with a couple of very entertaining uh, quote. He's you know what? He's quotable. He's, he's quotable. very quotable. He's I quotable. Know about the, the first quote was under <laughs> different circumstances. Different but circumstances. Very yeah. quotable. Um, very well, quotable. I'll, I'll agree on the receivers. Like two okay. good receivers for sure. And that, again, they got Christian McCaffrey. They did not use him incorrectly. Like there were definitely could have been a way where you could have you deployed him in a way that brings your offense down. I thought they did the opposite. They deployed him well. Um, and, you know, realistically, they um, they went into the season with the they did the weird thing in the draft where they drafted all defense. Right. Yeah. Every defense and uh, it, the whole draft was defense. They let they lose. They lost Keekly. They let Bradbury walk, which in hindsight looks like a freaking disastrous uh, decision. Um, and their run stop was, you know, without without Keekly kind of anchoring that defense, their run stop was really, really, really bad. Um, and so they went heavy. They got they got the the uh, Auburn kid on the D line last year. He played fine. He's an NFL player. Uh, not going to give you much of a pass rush, but at least he kind of gets you to that Mendoza line we were talking about. Gross in terms tomatoes. Stop. <laughs> gross tomatoes. Gross tomatoes. Is that what we're yeah, talking? Yeah, or gross tomatoes. No, I was Yowder talking about Derek. Models. I was talking about Derek Brown. 
Oh, D Brown, yes. Yeah, they got it. They drafted, and yeah, that's why I mixed it up. They drafted so many effing defensive players. They all, started all this rocks. year's draft. Yeah. They started this year's draft with a defensive player. We'll get to that here next. But maybe my knock on the rule uh, regime so far is the insistence on building this defense up. You sure. can't have a horseshit defense, but man, would I like to see a little more investment on the other side of the ball, or at least a balanced investment. They did a little more drafting on the offensive side, and I guess we can we can probably get to offseason changes here. If you want to say, like, if you want to say, well, I guess invest uh, in the yeah. offense, I guess they brought in a quarterback. Like, they traded for a quarterback. They oh, did well, use yeah. their second round pick on a wideout. So they, they are investing a little in the offense, but it's been, it's been heavy defense, I feel, for rules so far. We're not revising history and saying that they had low expectations last year, right? Like, you didn't expect Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater to go in there and win eight games or compete for a wild card, did you? No, I mean the regular. Like I said, the win total was five and a half. I wasn't ever, you know, a super excited. I, I, you know, let's get excited about Joe Brady. Like we were, we said, hey, this guy could be, you know, what Cliff Kingsbury is supposed to be. You know, the, this yeah. could be a guy that comes from an exciting offense in college and actually makes it work at the NFL level. We're excited, but again, at the same time, I said eh, the quarterbacks kind of stink. The quarterback room stinks. We don't know what this defense is going to do. We don't know how quickly this transitions. So, yeah, I don't think we were hopeful. We weren't super hopeful, and I, I think they probably performed about how they should have performed. Maybe really overperformed considering they lost. I mean, he's more than a running back. This guy is a true receiving threat and one of the best players really in the league at the moment, uh, especially out of the backfield. So losing him and having to rely on Mike Davis and the quarterback cavalcade that they did, uh, it's – yeah. It's about what they're supposed to do. Maybe even overachieved a little. So I'm not mad at it. And yeah, they, they move on. It's uh Darnold time. Yeah. What did you think of the, I guess part one of that decision was moving on from Bridgewater. You fine with that? I don't think it's a long-term thing. You know, like Teddy at this point in his career, he's had one catastrophic injury. He's just Alex Smith with more hops. He didn't show you enough, though, as the starter. No, I mean a lot he's of elevate the play, the player, you know, the play of the players around him. No, I want I want somebody who's willing to go deep a little more. When you have a Robbie Anderson on the field, I don't need a checkdown guy. I don't need you know a game manager, and especially like considering the contracts too. Are you going to re-sign him again? And just this is what we're doing again this year. Go find somebody. I, I, Darnold may not be the answer, but again, the way they did this. They're not married to him. They can yeah. pull the ripcord and try again next year and continue to build the team around it. And maybe if it really goes to shit, draft a quarterback, trade. I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting season. Like the, yeah. There's two trains of thoughts. Like, hey, can Sam Darnold, can he do the Tannehill thing? Like, oh, you just were, you were, you know, you had an albatross around your neck named Adam Gase. And he shit on you. He put you in bad situations. It was a bad franchise, bad roster. He actually had Robbie Anderson one year. But, you know, is it – I don't think we see Tannehill. Like, it's certainly not going to be that level. But you get put in a better situation with a good receiving core, maybe something happens. I don't know. That That's the biggest variance on this team. Like, does Darnold actually – that's the – everything we're going to talk about for the next half hour, 40 minutes, none of it matters. It's all – I mean, eat it when – eat it Arby's. None of this matters. It is – Will Darnold be good because he was in a bad situation? He actually has talent and potential, or does he just stink and he's not going to make it at the NFL level? 
Like that that's kind of the the crux of everything here. And that's what you're pinning everything on here. And that's why I did bet a little Darnold comeback player of the year because I've seen this happen with players that were really weighted down by a bad coach, bad franchise. And I, I, I really like what else matters besides that? I mean, there's I other things. They matter at, <laughs> no, they but you're, at you're a your much, point, much lower level. No, yeah, your your point is correct. If Darnold is the 28th best quarterback in the NFL this year, this team gets to maybe to gets to five wins again. Yeah. And if Darnold is the league average quarterback because Brady elevates him, because Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore elevate him, because being not on the same sideline as as Adam Gase elevates him to kind of league average or better, this mm-hmm. team is in the mix for a wild card because they can score with the with the weapons that they have. Absolutely, they can score with the weapons that they have. So I guess I didn't want to like really go super duper duper hard in this direction on uh, on Darnold, but we might as well right now. What? Pro, how do you how do you line that market? In uh, in um, and I guess I'll give you three. I'll give you three. Uh, I'll give you a three way line here. Donald gives Thanks. us league Add average or better. Donald <laughs> gives us a league average or better. Uh, Donald gives us exactly what he was for the Jets in Carolina. It proves that he does not have it, or we are still incomplete on him after this season because he can gets injured in weird ways, or sick in weird ways, or just you know without really getting a full sample size you know the the panthers move on <laughs> was it was darnold is a really good quarterback just not an option because it's no, so no, no it's not no, it's not feasible. League, well league average or better yeah, yeah league league average or better you you line that at probably like 40 percent okay so you know what do we what do we need there like uh 40 percent so yeah, yeah plus one plus one 40 ish and then yeah it's it's probably 50 50 the other way because the, the main issue here, and we'll get to this too, is, and this goes into off-season changes, another big off-season change is we're going to be missing a left tackle. And when you bring in a quarterback and you're not sure what he's going to be like, something that's going to hurt you probably, I mean, ask anybody, ask the Bengals, it's like when you're trying to evaluate new talent, like losing your left tackle's bad. Having a bad offensive line most likely is going to be bad. I mean, you do have a, a world-class running back slash outlet slash receiver to lean on and good receiving cores, but the that's not great. So I'm not hopeful that we have a, a painted, you know, an absolute painted picture at the end of the year. I think we're still kind of incomplete. And I think the Panthers are probably going to be putting a – like you, if you're the Panthers, you want Darnold to suck ass mm-hmm. or, or work out. Like if you end up with seven, eight, nine wins – uh, again, with a, and we'll get to the schedule. If you, I mean, maybe nine, ten is a little too much, but ceiling's probably nine if it's a good team. If you end up with that, it's like where where do you stand there? Especially if Darnold was just marginal in big spots, he had some issues. It was maybe you know some turnover luck, injury luck, field goal luck, everything luck. Eh. I, I wouldn't want to be in that position if you're like a near a five hundred team and you're not sure on Darnold yet, and then you got to make a tough decision. Like the best case scenario is he's great and he just fixes himself. It's Tannehill 2.0. Worst and then maybe second best situation is he just thinks out loud. PJ Walker gets some reps. You tank and you draft Radler or God knows what. Yeah, I mean, uh, if I'm 
I guess if I'm a Panthers fan, if I'm a Panthers GM, really, I want the second of those outcomes over. Uh, Darnold guides us to a surprisingly good start, keeps us in contention long enough to put us in purgatory heading into the next year's draft. Especially, and put a pin in this. I want to come back to this when we get to the schedule because there is there is a bit of a weirdness. There's a correlation, schedule, yeah. yeah, that I worry about here. Uh, anything else big for offseason changes? I don't. I mean, that's uh, boy. The, the, the uh, draft, like J.C. Horn drafting a corner. Yeah, he's going to be good. It's tough for corner. We've talked about this a bunch. It's tough for defensive backs to be good right away. So there'll be a learning curve there. So as far as that pick. Um, being important to this season, it gets lessened by going with the corner rather than an offensive lineman, <clears throat> which they could have done. Toss yeah. up, though, you need them both. Uh, Terrence Marshall Jr. kind of gets lost in the shuffle as far sure, as. Sure, he was an injury question mark guy. Yeah, well, and the fact that just all the other good receivers, especially the Bama and the you know the LSU guys, he gets gets lost a little down there. Yeah, and he's he had some good numbers. Like uh, again, the they played a, a shortened schedule because of the weird season, but I think he had like 700 yards, 10 touchdowns, and if he's healthy, that's a really nice addition to a really nice wide receiver room already. So it could be a decent draft if J.C. Horn gives you anything. Pretty good draft, I guess. Curtis Samuel's gone. Teddy's yeah, but... to Denver. They signed Pat Elfline. That's Dude, not you're going to be asking. Not a good sign. Gonna... You're going to be asking J.C. Horn to do some pretty hard stuff yeah. this year. Hey, go cover uh, Mike Evans or Godwin. Uh, hey, go cover um, Michael Thomas. Uh, hey, go cover Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Best hey, of luck, young man. Take, take a break. Go Best cover Pitts for a bit. Cover Pitts yeah. in the slot instead. Mm, mm. Have fun. Ooh, 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 ooh. Oof, um, that's right. Yeah, that he yeah. yeah, he does have a very tall task, especially again. I we'll we'll get to the schedule later, but just outside of that, they face Buffalo, there's Diggs, <laughs> you know, they face Arizona, there's Hopkins, they, they face Dallas, all three of those receivers. Um, yeah, there's a, they face Minnesota, there's uh Mr. Jefferson, Jefferson. Oh man, dude. Yeah, this is a rough they again. A lot of people will talk about this schedule, has a lot of nice rest spots. But tough on a corner, especially a young corner. So J.C. Horn is going to get asked to do a lot more oh, than he's probably lots. capable at this point in his career. <clears throat> we wish him all the luck to be great, but it's, it might be a rough transition. Yeah, I guess the other things I guess I want to just point out roster-wise, they, they, they signed a bunch of meh guys. Like, meh. But, that, but that, that, that cuts both ways. Like They didn't spend a lot, and if those guys hit, then you made a great free agency move. Great. Right. Like that's kind of where you are as a franchise. So I don't really penalize them for that. The guys that walked, the guys that they lost. I mean, yeah, losing your left tackle in Okun uh, and replacing him with a guy like Cam Irving is. Uh, in fact, the whole left side of that line, we're really going with the Cam Irving, Pat Elfline like, show. Yeah, you signed really? somebody uh, off the Minnesota offensive line. Yeah. Things aren't, things aren't looking good for you. What was, uh, what was Darnold like under pressure from his blind side? Honestly, and head. that's the weird thing about Darnold. He was equally shitty when unpressured, <laughs> so, which again leads me to like, what is so he's going on? So he's in the Carson Wentz. He's in the Carson Wentz category. Uh, yeah, Although he, he really, he really lacked playmakers last that's year. That's where I'm like, in the if you had to do like a spectrum of he just he stinks, 
if you made this absolute black and white, he stinks or it's untapped potential. It's probably 70, 30 he stinks. Why am I more inclined to, I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm more inclined though, to give him the benefit of the doubt that I am Wentz. And they're in basically the exact same. They're in the exact same sitch, except Wentz is on a better team. And yeah, what am I, what am I missing? Maybe lack of injuries. His injuries have been mono and not getting vaccinated. So yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I guess I guess I'm yeah. I, I guess I'll, I will be pleasantly surprised if um, you get a competent full season out of um, out of Mister Darnold, considering yeah. the limitations where you know where the, some of the weaknesses on this roster in particular. Patrick in the chat there. One. Um, yeah, you're seeing ghosts. Remember that. He was, He's he was seeing ghosts, yeah, and guess what? He, Patriots defense is on that schedule this year, so uh, he gets to revisit those ghosts in one way or another. Um, let's uh, let me, I guess, the, the I don't have many other thoughts on the offseason changes. Uh, the rule Brady year two uh, is an interesting, um, it's going to be an interesting learning experience because I get again, like if things go well ish for you as a team. You know, if you are surprisingly frisky, if you finish nine and eight, uh, 10 and seven, even uh, I know that's a long shot. But if you finish with nine or 10 wins this year, um, Brady becomes a very attractive target for not just an offensive job on another good team, but uh, or a team willing to spend more money, but at, uh, as a head coach, potentially. Yeah. Somebody um, brought that up in the chat. He said, if this team is good, I'd have to scroll up. Basically said, if this team is good, if this offense is good, is he like a minus 500 favorite to be the Bengals coach next year? That's a, does, oh my I lord. Mean, I might have to, I'm going to scroll up and find that. Cause Who like, said that? Because that, that is, just, that is uh, Patrick, Patrick McCann said that. Yeah, he kind of yeah. he kind of nailed that. Like, yeah, it, it does feel like Zach Taylor's just Biding his time before he's, you know, somewhere else. <laughs> you just got. I, I just don't know if I would. I don't know that I can count on Cincinnati giving him a fair. fair no, offer. that's the thing. Like, there may be another team that's willing to give him some, more money. Somebody else said that. He said, "If you're the hot <laughs> offensive coordinator, like, do you really want to go take the Cincy job if there's multiple? And there's always multiple openings. So, like, if you have yeah, your choice of money on money alone, on money, I'm based on money. Yeah. Alone. Um, I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't want to. Okay. Well, and also, I wouldn't want to live in Cincinnati. So. so that's, I guess, I guess now that we're talking through this, this was a bad move to bring in Darnold. It was a bad move. They should have stuck with Teddy Bridgewater or yeah. set themselves up to really suck for a, a quarterback next year. Because if if Brady does enough to get Darnold to league average or better, and everyone's like, oh, wow. <laughs> Like this offense is frisky because they got weapons. They have, you know, they, yeah. they have scheme. They have, you know, they're running plus EV concepts. Uh, if Darnold looks good, number one, you're not getting him on a cheap contract anymore. No. And number two, you're losing potentially the reason why, which is Brady the OC. And you're so, so you could, you could turbo F your franchise here by it, being it feels stuck like the- with Rule and Darnold after this with no Brady. It feels like what you brought up a little for with wins going harkening back to the Eagles where it's like, or, or Atlanta, which we're about to get to. Sometimes you see these teams like, oh my God, like this offense is just good all of a sudden. And then they <laughs> lose some coaches and like, oh no, like it turns out it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Doug Peterson that made this team good at all. 
or and and I think we all know Mr. Shanahan was doing a lot more than Mr. Quinn down in Atlanta. Things like Especially this, where it's yeah, like, the yeah, that, that's a, I mean, that's the most obvious example of this. But it's like, oh, like, oh, Matt Rule stinks. <laughs> like he's not a good coach. <laughs> it was Brady. Like that would so be. We'll that find would out. Be, <laughs> yeah, that would be a bad situation for this. So, uh, yeah. oh, the only no, thing I can there's no long term upside. The guy, there though. really is no long term upside. You're not keeping the band together here if it goes well. You're not keeping it together for cheap. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. You've put yourself in a very dicey situation here if you're the Carolina Panthers and things are going well, which almost means even if you're winning games, but Darnold is, you know, it's not because of Darnold. If it, you know, it's because of the receivers, it's because of CMC. Um, I think you probably are putting pressure on the coaching staff to pull, his, pull him and to, to, uh, to tank which sucks and for I, Carolina fans because they haven't had wins in a while. Yeah. This is uh, not that long ago this team was in the Super Bowl. What, seven, eight? <sighs> I was, uh, it's funny. Producer Dan and I were talking about Disneyland off the air, and I remember that that playoff run. I was at Disneyland for one or whichever one's in Florida. I always mix up the two. Maybe it's Disney World. That sounds more right. Either way, yeah, um, a few knocks on Brady. The play action was a little lower than I thought when I started digging into it. A lot of motion, which is good, especially if we're going to bring in another good receiver here. And, you know, it sucks about Curtis Samuel, but hopefully we can backfill nice with a rookie. Didn't love some of the play action numbers, but the the motion stuff was good. And overall, he seemed like with what he was working with, with the hand he was dealt, he seemed like a plus as far as O.C., Rule, like I said, I've already dug on him a little for going too defensive heavy in the draft last year. But again, maybe that's the thing. Like, we're going to stink. Let's just draft a shitload of defensive players that probably won't make a difference to our our wins for this year. Give them another year. Next year, we'll add some offense. Maybe in the long run, this turns out to be a good idea. And maybe people learn from this, and it ends up being the way you build a team going for I don't know. Because, like, if you add a shitload of defensive rookies, and they don't really make all that, you know, a hill of beans. They just get a bunch of experience. They get good for the next year. Your offense or your defense takes a step forward, and then you add some offensive weapons. I mean, we've seen how a good receiver can add to an offense right away. So, sure. I, I don't know. So, like, I mean, the benefit of I what they're doing is that they have the cheapest. Uh, they have the cheapest defense in the league. They're committed the smallest amount to their yeah. defense of any team in the league, and that that might be plus EV long term. I don't know. I think it is. No. All right. Well, ah, man, I hadn't really thought through this until we started talking about it, but I think the, the Darnold move was a disaster. I don't, it's either, yeah, I guess I don't I, it's a disaster. It's a contradictory disaster. It's a disaster. It's actually, it's a brilliant move. If Darnold is who we think he is and he's a minus 0.5 <laughs> per play per EPA per play uh, quarterback for you, um, then you're going to lose a lot of games and you're going to get a, a swing at a, a bona fide future franchise QB who you can start right away next year, a la the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that may be yeah. your best path, honestly. That's probably the best path long-term. Plus, and again, like, like you mentioned, I think the biggest thing here is if Darnold does turn out to be good and we're not putting a, a high heap of percentage on that, like you have to pay him then based on what you did for the, you know, with this trade, you'll have to pay him. And then you're paying that guy rather than having a, a cheaper quarterback on the roster. And you'll probably need to spend some money on the offensive line in the off season as well. 
You, in yes. fact, you will. But you'll have that money to spend, especially if you're on a cheap quarterback. If you have a cheap cheap QB, um, you're, you're saying if you if you decide to extend, you know, if you if you give Darnold the the handshake, uh, and he bring him back for twenty, uh, you know, twenty twenty two and beyond, uh, yeah, you are committing a meaningful amount of money to him, um, which is not not no bueno. Um, yeah, I know that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Well, and a couple of people in the chat are mentioning like when when they drafted here, there was still you know a very good quarterback on the oh, board. Yeah, Justin Fields <clears throat> was still on the board at eight. So and it's from when you're sitting there on draft day, it's like, and nobody in their right mind would have mocked anything but you know a defensive player or maybe if Sewell got weird and fell down, maybe an offensive tackle. Like, I, I don't think I've seen any mocks that were really off the wall with Carolina besides maybe a trade back for a different corner. But, again, we might revisit this in a few years and be like, man, they they traded for Darnold, and they could have just drafted Fields, and Fields was like a star. Like, he turns – he turns and, and, you know, it'd be good for the Bears, honestly, because they've had to deal with this. Why didn't they just draft Watson and Mahomes? Like yeah. it would be fun for the Bears to have that once. Like, oh man, Carolina could have just drafted this quarterback. So yeah, why didn't anyone else draft the quarterback that Chicago got? Yeah, no, that's that's that does feel ripe for the uh, you know for the turn there. The um and and the best part of that is is like Tepper and you know Pace yeah. way down here. Like it'd yeah. be way it'd be funny if you know. Pace ate Tepper's lunch there, I guess. It, it would be. Well, I guess, so So, are you on the record? Do you think they should have done fields over J.C. Horn? It's hard once you've already made the Darnold trade. Like, I guess maybe don't trade the Darnold. Don't make the Darnold trade. Yeah. No, that's a very fair point. Once, once you've you do done that, that like once you've done that, yourself. you've, yeah, you've hamstrung it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. That's true. Um, God damn. We're, I am all of a sudden very, very cold on this on the Darnold trade. I am very cold on this now. I, I did not expect to get here. This is why we do this. This is why we talk through this stuff. Um, this is going to be important. Uh, I guess what are some of the other aspects of the uh, the Panthers that you find interesting? Again, I put this in the rundown, the offensive line. Like The offensive line can be bottom two, bottom three, bottom – like their ceiling is like bottom seven. It's not great. Like you talked, you talked about this, and when we were talking about adding and removing players, like losing your left left tackle stinks, but replacing it with what you did stinks even more. A lot of meh. Um, I think no, no, we lost to center uh, center in Arizona, or Atlanta as well, but a little bit of uh, what do you call it? continuity. To, uh, on the right side. On the right, sure. Moten coming back, Miller coming back, Paradis. You got Paradis pretty cheap from the Broncos, and he's been a good center. He's I mean, been good. He's on. He's getting on the a little long in the tooth. Oh yeah, he's then, 30, he's gonna be thirty two. Yeah, Elfline. Hmm. Eh, you know, he's not a running back, whatever. But Elfline and Irving, not excited about that left side. So, hmm. you know. The offensive line is a huge question mark, and it goes back to everything. Like, everything kind of trickles down to Sam Darnold. It's like, well, you know, I said he was just as shitty when he wasn't under pressure. That might be a product of New York, but if he's under – like, nobody is, like, way, way better under pressure unless they're, you know, Aaron Rodgers, and it seems like every time you put pressure on him, he's 
you know, beating you over the top anyway. So, sure. Uh, yeah, just having an off, having a bad offensive offensive line is going to take away every positive that this offense. You know, you have good receivers. Well, if they're not, if your quarterback's on his back, it doesn't matter how open they are. Christian McCaffrey can probably make chicken salad out of chicken shit. Doesn't matter who's in front of him. He's just a generational talent. But at the same time you're just going to get extra hits on him if he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage more often. So everything about this is just bad for all the positives that we could possibly have for this season. I'm actually more bullish on this defense, I guess. A bunch of young guys, maybe. Yeah, except maybe J.C. Horn potentially can... gets roasted. Yeah, I mean, he just gets roasted and everybody else steps up and you just play the Belichick game. Like, whatever, roast him. Like, we're going to okay. take away the rest of your game. So I I don't um, have a ton of concept, a a ton of uh, thoughts on this defense from a concept standpoint. You have any idea what the uh, what a Phil Snow defense looks like? (laughs) I saw that today. I'm like Phil Snow. What do I know about Phil Snow? (laughs) It's a million dollar question, man. Not a lot. Not a lot. Um, Okay, well let's look at the schedule because the schedule is interesting, very interesting. In fact, Um, Mm -hmm. it is among the easier in the NFL. Maybe the easiest uh, from a situational standpoint? So, yes, situationally, it is almost historically as far as weird rest spots, like all the rest spots they're getting. And if you want to call it like net rest, like all the rest spots, they're not facing a disadvantage. But then look at the last four games. Like if you get yourself in this situation where you're kind of good, like, what where does that get you? Like if you're going into week, if you beat Atlanta, who's not expected to be that much better than you, you come out of the bye, you beat Atlanta, and you're like, you know, a game over 500. Then you go to Buffalo in December, at Tampa, at New Orleans, at Tampa. If New Orleans figures out the quarterback situation, that's a a bad situation. Buffalo's going to be good. You're almost a, a double-digit dog there. Three out of your last four games are, you know, essentially wild or playoff to wild card team. All of them. Like New Orleans, if, if New Orleans gets the quarterback figured out, like they're probably a playoff team. It's the NFC. So I don't know what you do if you're halfway through the season. Like we're, we're kind of good. Do you just start tanking because you know you're going to get your ass whipped at the end of the year? I, Outside I, of that, like, like, <laughs> no, the 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 Giants Atlanta thing. You have a back to back there. Houston Dallas, you have a back to back. But other than that, like the the first half of the schedule, not that tough. The middle, marginally, and then at the end, it gets really rough. So, if yeah, we don't you, have you, if we don't have five wins coming out of that week nine that week nine game against New England, I'm kicking the tires on PJ Walker, Arizona yeah. Washington Miami, and I'm uh, I'm I'm setting my team up to tank coming out of the bye. I think that's a hundred percent where I'm at. And even well, like, what if, what if, and we're get to Atlanta here yet today. What if Atlanta's good? Like, if if we see like Matt Ryan playing at a higher level because he has a competent offense, a coordinator around him, all of a sudden the last five games are rough. Yeah, like that clips. <laughs> you you're, could you're be a touchdown. You're going to be a touchdown dog every 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 game down the home stretch. That's not a good feeling. <laughs> That's not good. Even before the bye, Miami's a, t- a team on the Miami's rise. Tough, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we said nice things about Washington outside of their schedule, but this was one of the easier spots on their <sighs> schedule. It's, yeah, it's a lot of people wrote this. Yeah, the rest is great. The rest is great, but man, you play some tough teams. You have a tough division and it's really stacked at the end. Go Tampa, New Orleans, Tampa, and then the final two being at 
the dome and then in yeah. is it still raymond james are we calling it that uh sure the pirate ship um i really don't think that's what it's called anymore someone in the chat will know right away it's probably, there's no chance they change no the name of these too much that's why i like the metrodome there's the hubert h humphrey metrodome it was named after just a failed politician uh, you won't believe still it. Raymond, it james. Still raymond james that's wild that's crazy that's the sign like a 20-year um, deal Raymond James, who is Raymond James? I know nothing about that. that, that choosing choosing to sponsor a stadium has done nothing for my brand awareness of Raymond James. Um, <laughs> the other kind of interesting aspects on the schedule, just thinking about it, um, your key weaknesses are essentially you're vulnerable to the pass rush because your offensive line potentially being a little bit lopsided. You're vulnerable to the um, the elite wide receivers, and there are a lot of those on this schedule. You're going up against a couple of pretty impressive defenses, defensive lines. Um, not till later, really. Not till later. It's just, yeah, most of them aren't really till later. Like I'm not especially. I guess I'm not especially scared of the Jets D line, even though they got Carl Lawson and he's a good, he's a really good player. I'm not especially scared of New Orleans because they've they've had some attrition in, in their depth, even though they have a couple of really good players, Davenport and and uh, and and um, who's the guy that's been there for freaking ever? Um, man, why is that? Why is his name escaping me? Um, Camp Jordan, jeez, Cam Jordan. yeah. Yeah, there, there are a couple of decent de- de- decent pass rushers for New Orleans. Eh, not great. Houston, that doesn't scare you much. Dallas, that doesn't really scare you much. Philly, they got a good D-line, but who knows Philly's what kind okay. of state they're going to be. Minnesota, yeah. a healthy, a healthy yeah. Minnesota D-line is above average. The Giants' defense overall might be good. Atlanta, actually decent. New England, yeah. decent. Arizona, decent. nothing. Washington, nothing. scary. Miami, yeah. good. Now Arizona's defensive line could be good. You still you got a couple old guys, <laughs> JJ Watts yeah. there now, and uh, oh, oh. and uh, what's his name is still around at this point. Um, man, what's going on with my brain today? I guess I'm I'm having the Monday. It's Monday, man. It's Monday. Yeah, it was a long Chandler weekend. Jones, Chandler Jones, and uh, JJ Watt both. Uh, yeah, potentially Chandler. Not, Chandler not not scaring Jones. you. Not scaring you. Um, okay, so I guess my general thoughts in the schedule are the first. 11-ish weeks afford you or i'll say first 10 first 10 weeks really afford you um now we can go 11 first 11 weeks really afford you the opportunity to, to completely screw yourself and win too many games and put yourself in purgatory and set up the set up the absolute um you know the franchise widow maker of uh <laughs> <laughs> giving darnold a contract and losing joe brady yeah <laughs> And yeah, and like if you accidentally end up being good, your only hope at the end is like Brady was injured. Or here's the other thing: so it's week 16 and 18 for Tampa. Like, what if Tampa is just so fucking good that they rest them? Like, yeah, you, sure. And then yeah. and then you, the New Orleans, yeah. the quarterback yeah. thing doesn't work out. Yeah, you this you, end up, a, you end up going like you know ten and four seven. And you get the seven there. seed. Yeah. Yeah. You get the seventy. You you got you got to go up to Green Bay and play the uh, or no? Who's gonna be the two? Probably it's probably not gonna be Green Bay. It'll be probably whoever wins. Niners. The, uh, it'll be whoever wins the West. Yeah, we'll go to the Niners. Yeah, send you out to. Uh, no, I mean Niners or Rams or something Rams, like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Rams. great. No, no, I don't want Sam Darnold looking at uh, the Rams defense or the Niners defense. Thanks, thank you, but no, thank you. Um, so yeah, you're talking about a best case scenario here of everything clicks. Darnold is better than uh, at, you know replacement level. 
Um, you win 10 games and get the seven seed, and you're a 10 point dog on the road to the NFC West champion, and you lose by 25 at least <laughs> or so, <laughs> oh, or thereabouts. Uh, there with Darnold, yeah. with Darnold throwing three picks in his first ever playoff game, uh, and then you are really stuck mm-hmm. with what do we do now? What? All right, what would you say? I'm going to ask you two questions here. There's a two-part answer. What do you think is the best-case scenario then? I think you kind of already answered that. Like, being bad, tanking, and letting these all these young players get another year in this defense, fixing the offensive line, bringing in a real quarterback next year is. But, like, what's the most likely situation when we hit this? Hit this one. Let's pretend Atlanta is going to be good because I did. Yeah. I, I kind of think. Let, let's yeah. pretend Atlanta – exceeds expectations that's more of an atlanta as a pick them on the road or even atlanta favored by one it flips a sure. couple points i think that when you hit, when you hit that brick yeah. wall like what is the most likely outcome for them once they hit the buy in week 13 and then they have atlanta at buffalo tampa at new orleans at buffalo or at tampa again like what's uh, not, the, not, not what you want to happen not what we you know what we sure. think what is the most likely outcome for the the first 12 weeks of the season I think they get waxed by Buffalo. That's a brutal spot. I hate that spot. No, no. Um, I mean, coming coming into that, the last like, what is the most oh, likely oh, sorry, scenario sorry. for the first twelve weeks? Like, oh, where do you oh, think sorry. they are? Um, most likely scenario is Sam Darnold is who we think he is, and that he is not good enough to get you these coin flip wins in Minnesota, in New England, at Washington, or you know, home against Minnesota, New England, Washington. Those those are coin flips. I would even say home versus Philly is more of a coin and flip. New Orleans. Than minus three. Right. Um, home versus New Orleans. A point. Yeah, those those I don't think Donald is good enough to get you those wins, which mean, which means come week 12 or week thir- come come your week that 13 by. I think you have lost the appropriate amount of games, which on this schedule to me looks Sorry. like you've lost. No, more than that, probably. Um, that's too many 12 games. weeks that's too many games i'm i'm thinking you're probably four and eight you're four and eight through 12 weeks you're four and eight through 12 weeks your season is over darnold is a failed experiment you're putting him on the shelf it's the pj walker show and you're a frisky frisky you get you get beat by atlanta who is in the wild card hunt uh week 14 and then you are a frisky dog with pj walker and company 15 16 17 18 four and oh against digits, the spread getting double digit points yeah that's that's my arc for this team, most likely arc. I think I hate to just agree with you. It's boring, but yeah, I'm there. Four, five, six wins feels like the ceiling. If yeah. Darnold is really good, like we, <clears throat> we, we said, that's maybe a bad scenario. So um, let's look at the odds. We are, we are looking at similar to a lot of the teams that we look at early on Mondays, 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. 17 to one ish to win the NFC five plus five fifty to win the South. No, thanks. Like just, that's not a big enough number with Tampa in the division to make no the playoffs chance. plus two forty. If, if uh, everything goes that that's a, there are, there's gotta be better ways to attack that. Honestly. Yeah. Cause everything has to go right for you to get that 10 win season and get the playoffs. Although yeah. like nine yeah. might do it, but. I, yeah, it's you, tough. Like you have to win. Softish, you have to be softish schedule. Seven. You know, 
you'd have to be seven and five going into those last five, and you'd have to beat Atlanta and steal one from like Tampa or New Orleans. It's tough. I think I, I don't I don't advocate laying the no at minus three hundred because again there's no. a, I think this is a team to stay away from because of the high variance of a quarterback. We just even after all these years we don't know that much about the season win total under might be the play. You might feel pretty good about that once you get to that last, but a little juicy on the under. If you can find a honestly, I'd play a seven at a plus number maybe. If it's if it turns out really bad and maybe an alt total, like I said, I put a little bit on Darnold comeback player of the year at twelve to one. They actually wouldn't take much. It was a weird number they stopped me at. So, oh really? J- just in case, like just like I, out of all the situations these quarterbacks are in, they're not named Dak. Like I think he has a decent situation with his wide receivers and these young coaches. So, oh yeah, huge. Uh, there is a that is a no doubt upgrade wide receiver and and system, no doubt upgrade. Yeah, and again, uh, somebody brought up too. Like if you if you like them to win nine games, there's probably an over eight and a half that I would take. That would be maybe a little less than to make the playoffs, but. Uh, Maybe I'd feel a little better about that. It takes a lot of other teams out of the equation. No bets for me, though, on this one. Just the Darnold comeback player. I think it's still 12-1. to 1. That's probably about where it needs to be. I just uh, I grabbed a few. Of the, I got excited when the award market's open. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I don't think I have a way to bet this team, honestly. Um, I think I'm going to like them in a couple of spots over the course of the season. The fact that they have a passing offense is exciting to me from a comebacky mode right like if they're you know you know in in game uh can this team make a comeback sure um you know i i, I like i like darnold in a hey i'm down 21 i can close this to 14 point gap a lot better than i like darnold hey i'm on a seven and a half win team we're gonna make the playoffs at plus 240 yeah. <laughs> and and if you you don't have depth now at running back if you do end up on a lead and we're, we'll harp on this all off season and all these previews you have one guy back there <clears throat> who can do anything with the ball. You're sitting on a lead. Everybody knows, like, oh, it's it's McCaffrey, and we have a bad quarterback in the backfield. Like, they're keying on the run. You have a bad offensive line. You're not going to be able to run to, you know, salt away some of these yeah, leads. Ice these right. games. So, not not a team I'm looking to back as a favorite ever. I will take him as a dog in some of these bigger ones. So Burns, the the some of the D, the D line might. You know, being young and being a little fresh and frisky, they might be able to put away a lead with the pass rush. Um, YGM, Brown, Burns. That's a good little uh, one, two, three there. Who's the other kid? Who's the other guy they signed that's uh, projected to start on the D line? Daquan Jones. Um, Off the top of my head, he does not have a standout. pedigree but maybe he is um better than i realize um but yeah you, they, their d-line might be strong enough to get them across the finish line in some of the games if they have a lead in the second half especially at home what do you think yeah like i, I said it a couple times i do like the the defense to maybe overperform a little i think it's being a touch underrated with uh just it takes a lot to get that many young players decent so the defense especially the front will be good Secondary question mark, J.C. Horn might have a long year, but if the rest of the defense and the safeties pick it up a little, you know, this could be top half of the league defense. So that that helps, like not only running the ball, but being able to get the pass rush home 
win, you know, the other team's trying to catch up by throwing. That's kind of the other half of that equation. So if the front seven's good, the pass rush is okay. This might be an okay team, but yeah, we're, we're staying away from this stinky one for now. Okay. Well, uh, if you do have a strong opinion about the Carolina Panthers and you want to put some money down on them, uh, how would you go about doing that, Andy? You know what? You'd sign up for WinBet, who is sponsoring this. And we only have a couple, like a week left of this for you to get a tumbler. Maybe a little longer. I don't know. Maybe into into August. But not that much longer. Get a tumbler. Rules and details at BetSperts. Sign up. $500 risk-free bet. And just send us their info. I'll send you a 30-ounce Rambler on me. I'm not really paying for these. It's coming out of the marketing budget. But I will I will make sure it gets to you. So follow at BetSperts for all the details on that. And with that, we're moving down to... We'll talk some Falks. Atlanta, the other team who is projected to finish. <sighs> dirty Birds. Third, the Dirty Birds, another team who was in the Super Bowl not too long ago. And really similar offseason or similar 2020 season, except with a good quarterback and a coaching staff. That was what was mixed up. Like Carolina, uncertainty at quarterback, hopeful for the coaching staff. Atlanta, Quarterback seemed like a strong point. Coaching staff, everybody kind of knew it was one of those things that wasn't going to be long for this NFL season. Of course, they did win four games. And this was maybe even worse as far as luck. They led at halftime of nine games. Oof. They had a win total around seven and a half. Same, same win total, same win totals last year, seven and a half. Their Pythag was that. And again, I said they led at halftime of nine games. Oof. Their Pythag was seven and a half. They were underperforming by about three and a half games. That's that had big, to be the most gap. negative team. It's the most negative, I believe. I'd have to double check that. But not a great 2020. And of course, that kind of thing leads to getting rid of Dan Quinn. Let yeah. go after five games. He wasn't even the first coach fired. Only made it five games. Wasn't first coach fired. Bob took that a week before from Houston. And then Dimitrov as well. Gone. The GM gone. And they will start over. And really, a lot of it probably comes down on those. Like, it wasn't one of those knee-jerk reactions. I think it was a big problem with the, the way the team was run. The way the team was probably run from the top. You'd sign Todd Gurley. That's not like... <clears throat> That's not how you fix your problems. And actually, I had a girly season rushing yards under. That one game, he went for like a buck 25. I was pretty nervous. I didn't have that much leeway in that one. It turned out he just, <laughs> he just stunk. Like he, he couldn't make, make it a full season. So that actually got home despite him having some early season success. But yeah, and you talk again, going back to it, you led at halftime of nine games. Drew, how do you lose games where you lead at halftime? Oh boy. Well, you don't rush the passer. You don't cover your, you don't cover your opponent's wide receivers very well. And you are ineffective at running football and killing the clock. And just going conservative too fast, like very conservative play calling. A lot of it was on the coaching staff, the play calling, the game planning, the game scripting afterwards, you know, once you had a lead the game, you know, the play sequencing, it was, I'm fine with this firing. I'm fine with cleaning house. I, think this team still has a bunch of talent you know they're with a like matt ryan i thought he was a lot older he's only 36 you know julio's gone still a 
really high-end receiver. You're bringing in a really, really, maybe the high, most highly touted tight end of all time because 10 years ago, tight ends just weren't the same position they are now. Like it's a whole, like this guy can line up on the outside. It's different. So, you know, I, I'm glad to see the change because the 2020 season was an unmitigated disaster. These games were hilarious in the way they were losing things. And really like, what else can you say? They were four and 12. Yeah, it has been a, it has been a long stretch where if you are betting on the Falcons, you have no one to blame, but yourself, you know? We did that a little though. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I, I, I think my Falcons. I, I laid off the Falcons in general last year until I bet them on the Raiders game where they won forty three to six, and I bet them to cover against the Chiefs where they probably should have won. Um, otherwise, I didn't oh, do. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of. I didn't have a lot of Falcons action last year, um, actually. And I, you know, their season was weird. I think you recapped it well. Um, Dan Quinn lost this team a long time before he got fired. Um, but because he made a Super Bowl, uh, you know, Arthur Blank really kind of let him ride it out. And uh, it was absolutely mind blowing watching them blow leads the first three weeks. Um, the Seahawks was understandable because the Seahawks. The, the Cowboys made, game was something else. I, the, the Bears won. The, yeah. the, the bear, look at the look at that bears uh you know log like that that thing was an absolute you know no way not three weeks in a row really yes three weeks in a row um the and at home of course too so yeah the, those first three losses just i mean your your season's over at that point uh you can't put away a 10 point lead on mitch trubisky uh, excuse me nick Foles and the chicago bears um oh wait that was the one where they pulled the switcheroo and trubisky got benched and nick Foles came in and he came back and he beat the falcons <sighs> okay uh oh whoa, whoa, whoa did i say 10 point lead i meant 16 point lead yeah, uh, against the they, they they were they went into the fourth quarter up 26 to 10 and managed to lose to the bears uh and at that point if you don't realize you've already you've lost your locker room you've lost your team i guess i don't know what to tell you arthur um, but glad, you know, he finally moves on, uh, and they put in, um, Raheem Morse, who yep. was the defensive coordinator, but after presumably, they fired the old defensive coordinator, which was Dan Quinn. Yes. Yeah, so, well, Dan Quinn fired himself. That's and then, how, that's how he saved yeah. his year the year before. Yeah, that's right. And obviously something about whatever Raheem Morris was doing to prepare the defense and call the defense in the first half of the season was not helping. You know, that got them to where they were, uh, you know, more just as much as, uh, you know, the, the offense sputtering and stalling and giving people a chance to come back through that door. Um, but pretty sh clearly, like the four wins they got were in a stretch from week six to week 12 where they were damn frisky and they beat some OK teams. Um, I guess I say, OK, uh, they beat the Raiders and the Vikings. The other two wins were against the Panthers and the Broncos. So they beat the dregs. They beat the dregs of their schedule. Um, but but like I said, their Pythag was seven and a half. There were other games they should have won. I just went and pulled up my betting results from last year. I only bet three Atlanta games. Two of them were totals. I took an under, and there was like 60-some points. I took an over, <laughs> and there was like 60-some points. <laughs> I learned my lesson after. And then uh, the only other one was, yeah, week 16, Atlanta plus 11 and a half. Yeah, that think, was a nice uh, bet. That was Chiefs. That was yeah, that was one that wasn't really in doubt. So, it looks like I stayed pretty far away from them last year. 
they had a, a couple of games. Yeah, they should have won a couple more games, which honestly, in the long run, we talk about this over and over and over. I'm glad they didn't if I'm a Falcons fan, if I'm a yeah. Falcons backer. You're not so, getting a generational tight end. Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair point. Uh, a couple of thoughts. Raheem Morris, I thought, did a very co- you know competent job as the head coach. The mm-hmm. defense played a heck of a lot better once he wasn't getting whatever notes from Dan Quinn that were scuttling the defense. Um, and then the offense was an absolute uh, embarrassment. Really, the Atlanta Falcons offense, in my opinion, since – Kyle Shanahan left town has been a travesty having as much talent as they had having an MVP and Matt Ryan in his prime. Uh, the Sarkeesian years to the cutter years were an, uh, just a, an utter wasteland. Sorry. And it, it, it's tough to, uh, you know, it's tough to fault Julio Jones for forcing his way out of town, but I get it. If you have all those years under Sark and, and, uh, um, you know, and, and cutter and you are, you, you know, you don't, you don't know what the next guy is going to be any better. Uh, give me the hell out of here. You know, like give me a new fresh start. I need a fresh start. Uh, so I get it. Um, and the other thing that I think that was probably smart on Julio's part, at least was Calvin Ridley really took over the wide receiver one role pretty clearly. I thought, and he was getting the most targets in the red zone, even when Julio was on the field. Yeah, was and then when Julio was out, uh, Ridley really stepped into that role and thrived uh, to the tune where when Julio moves on to the Tennessee Titans, I kind of, eh, I mean, yeah, that's a bummer. It would have been nice to see Julio have, you know, finish his career in Atlanta and have a, have a little bit of a, uh, you know, chance at a couple more playoff runs with this team. Probably not going to win a Super Bowl. Um, not going to win one in Tennessee. So who cares? But, um, you know, I, I, I was kind of, like, okay, this offense can still be good. Um, I have a relatively high rating on the uh, guys that move up the depth chart, and I do think Ridley can be a bona fide wide receiver one. And now you're going to find out for sure one way or the other uh, this year. So it's, I, I think in general, um, it, this was a fine outcome for them. Uh, and the off-season changes, if we want to move on to that, unless you have any final comments on 2020. No, uh, yeah, the, the off-season changes that – I suppose the two biggest are Julio. Well, the three biggest, Julio, Pitts, and Arthur. Julio's Smith. gone. Pitts is in. And the coaching change has – the coach has been complete – the coaching staff has been completely – oops, excuse me, coaching staff and general manager. They cleaned yeah, house from top and, to bottom. Yeah, absolute full house cleaning. Uh, the only other big, massive one I have is they signed Corderell Patterson, journeyman, scat back, receiver, God knows what. Every time you think he's going to be good – yeah, put him on your fantasy team. That'll be funny. Go ahead and do that. Every time you see him start playing well somewhere, it's like, oh, he's a pickup, and then he just stinks. So, uh, Mike Davis, we talked about losing him over in Carolina and a little depth, I guess. But we you'd say, like, Mike Davis, that's a nice, like, depth spot. No, he's the starter. Like, the, oh. the, the, the running back room is a little questionable. Who cares? Who cares? Again, who, who cares? But it would be nice to have a good running back. In Mike Davis games. has got some big quads, man. Yeah, he's a good. He's, he's good enough, I suppose. Um, you lose your center in Alex Mack, and maybe the other one I had written down was Mister. Oh, that's not even the right team. I'm not even looking at the right team. Well, either way, Alex Mack, you're losing a center, and I think outside of that, I had oh, Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal to the Cowboys. That's not 
great. It's not what it was a couple years ago, maybe. So the additions, I think, probably a net positive just based on the coaching alone, even losing yeah. Julio. Like the, yeah. the coaching staff was rough. I, I had some respect for what Morris did as a interim, but I'm excited. We, we like to share our bets, especially with the NFL, where we don't really give a shit. It's not like we're trying to hide anything. I would have shared this with you, but the market that we bet into locked this up so tight after we bet this was I bet Arthur Smith to win the coach of the year, and they put the lock symbol on that. And it's not like they were taking very much money. So no. sorry. I don't know. if Maybe I'd bet them at the current numbers, but I got some 25 to 1. I'm excited. I'm excited with the changes. I think I'm excited for Atlanta this year. We'll get into more of that, but I think that maybe the win total would be the only way I'd approach that. We'll get to those when we get to the odds. Um, we already kind of talked out, out how we feel about Julio. What is the, I mean, what's the thought on Arthur Smith? Besides, Arthur Smith and Pitts, really. Those are the big ones. Like your thoughts. Yeah, so two years ago, we did a Titans preview, and we um, had a great laugh at the expense of, hey, look at this guy that the Titans have elevated from tight end coach to offensive coordinator. His name is Arthur Smith. And we just couldn't get guy? enough of a laugh of who's Arthur Smith. Like, oh, he's related to the FedEx family. What the, His you know, dad like, was in Castaway. Yeah. His dad was in Castaway, right. Uh, and we had a good old laugh. And then the next thing you know, Arthur Smith is utilizing Ryan Tannehill in a way that he is playing like a top five quarterback in the NFL. And you have to take a reassessment at that point about how good is Arthur Smith, actually. Um, and he proceeded to put together two years of uh, statistics with the Tennessee Titans offense that is has a good, not great quarterback and some good uh, you know, weapons in the passing game and a great running back. Again, you know, what does that matter? Who knows? But uh, in a me medium to, you know, slightly injured at times offensive line. And he made them a pretty clear top five offense. So I am willing to buy in on the Art Smith experience from a uh, offensive scheme, offensive, uh, you know, uh, uh, con conceptual standpoint uh, and expect that what he did that worked well in Tennessee can translate almost exactly, if not more effectively with this roster in Atlanta. And I, yeah, there's no Derrick Henry, but so what? Uh, yeah, there's no, um, you know, the offensive Is line has questions. Uh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, right? because yeah, because the the one the one ding, the one blemish, the one the one uh, just enormous. Uh, what's the red mark on uh, Art Smith's resume? Was the way he called that playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens last year uh, after executing one of the most unbelievably Master perfect class. game plans I have ever seen the previous year against the Ravens. Like just an, did you say masterclass? That was exactly what it, it was. was. It was a masterclass. Class. It was a masterclass against the Ravens the previous season. He comes into that game at home uh, hosting the Ravens and um, handed off the ball and kept handing off the ball and handed off the ball some more and was like, as soon as we get to the magic number of 25 or whatever touches, we'll win. Derrick Henry will carry us to the promised land. And and the punt. The punt just got brought up. Yeah. There was some playoff yeah. punts. Ooh. Well, that was, I, bl I, bl I blame that, that was on Vrabel. Vrabel. Well, yeah, you got to blame Vrabel. Vrabel, but like the whole Vrabel game. might as well have been coaching, coaching that game with a cardboard box on his head. He was absolutely nowhere close to making plus EV decisions throughout that entirety of that game. But Arthur Smith's approach to uh, you know, coming up with the game plan offensively stunk. 
Um, that was still, so that's the one blemish, I guess. Um, but you know, he's out, he's moved on. He's now in uh, Atlanta. And I, again, like I like the fit in terms of weapons, in terms of potential with this team. Um, I think, and, and honestly, like going back to the point we just made the Sarkeesian experience, the cutter, the cutter, the cutter experience. Oh, the cutter was, yes, yes. The Sarkeesian cutter, cutter, cutter didn't have an excuse. He was sober. Yes. <laughs> Shouldn't be laughing. I've been no. doing a lot of drinking uh, myself these days. Yeah, you um, are pickled. But uh, but outside of that point, uh, it's it is there. Art Smith doesn't even have to be great for this to be a meaningful upgrade, and that's important because you have you know a quarterback who is capable of MVP play at the tail of the end of his career, and you know you break yeah. down. You know Matt Ryan was above average. Uh, you know, completion percentage over expectation last year. Matt Ryan was well above average EPA per play last year. Over the last three years, he's been consistently one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, you know, in, in sort of what I think to be the most meaningful, uh, you know, statistical categories with bad play calling. With bad play, exactly. With bad Being play put calling, in bad situations. With that, bad, that's the yes. biggest thing. This guy doesn't have to move the needle. He runs play action more than almost everybody. Like just his play action numbers are stupid high. Most play action in the NFL on early downs, 48%, 35% overall. Like he's gonna he's gonna just make this offense more successful just based off doing the things that work with offenses in 2020, 2021. Like it's going to be a better offense. The offensive line again, another place where the offensive line is a little worrisome, and you have a massive downgrade in talent at the running back position if you're calling plays, if you're the, you know, the offensive guru here, Mike Davis, again, not awful. I'm not shitting on him too hard, but it's a downgrade off tractor Cito. But I think probably an upgrade at quarterback, even with his age, you know, not as mobile as a uh, Tannehill, but again, the, the luck, the horseshoe up Tennessee's ass in the red zone. And with a lot of things was, I don't know, maybe it made why hard Smith got this job and he, does stink and this whole thing blows up in our face but the way he calls play action i think we're going to see a market improvement at offense calling any sort of semblance of a sane game plan with a lead is going to net you like three more wins like this this team has a halfway high ceiling if this offense is good because i think the defense will be good enough and i think art smith is going to be a big part of that again i i would agree with that um and I honestly, the other, the other, I guess I want to just put a quick point uh, on this. Um, Art Smith, when he's, what he leans into in the passing game is something that I think is still one of sort of the uh, lesser tapped uh, aspects of successful passing offense, which is attacking along the sidelines in the 11 to 20 yard range. Like your, your wide receivers don't have to win as clearly there. You know, they don't have to have a slam dunk win over there. Uh, counterpart uh, if you have a quarterback that can make precision passes in that range and that that part of the Arthur Smith playbook and what he got out of Tannehill and you know with those passes specifically is what I'm excited to see him ask uh, Matt Ryan to do because Matt Ryan's not a guy that only uh, you know can do it to you over the middle of the field down the middle of the field but Oh, by the way, he has Kyle Pitts now, so he might be able to do that to you also. Um, and, and that's the thing. If you watched some of the games at Florida last, like 
<laughs> and this is how Kadarius Tony ended up in the first round. Like, because you'd put like five guys on pits, and that's hyperbole. I'm just joking. But, you know, double, triple coverage and Trask would still throw his way. Like, it's a big step up, even from the SEC, you know, the, the highest echelon of the, the college football ranks to the NFL. It's a massive step up in talent against these defensive secondaries, defensive coordinators, game plans, schemes, everything. But the guy is just so good at just coming down with contested balls. I think it's going to be a, a huge upgrade to Matt. I think that's a big help to Matt Ryan as well. It's sure not going to replace Julio, but yeah, I think Ridley shines. Pitts could be a monster anywhere you put him on the field. And if we're calling a halfway sane game plan, this offense will improve. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. Um, and I think, I think, you know, a older quarterback late, late in his career, you know, shot in the arm with the fresh, uh, you know, fresh offensive concept that can take advantage of what's plus EV nowadays in the NFL is exciting to me. So I think it's, I think it's a, uh, the chances for a Ryan resurgence are, are very real. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he did, somebody brought this up in the chat. He threw some pretty bad picks last year. I don't, I'd have to go back and look at games. No, you know, you know like, what, actually, you know what I want to point out? You know what I want to point out? Ryan's always been a pick guy. Yeah. It's Ryan's always been a pick guy. Yeah. Brian, Ryan, Matt Ryan ab- averages double digit picks uh, per season. Uh, Matt Ryan's interception rate at about 2.1% um, is, you know, that's not elite uh, low interceptions. Um, but I am, I don't, I'm not, you know, you can point to, well, they were hugely consequential because they were in high leverage moments. Therefore, we lost games because he did X, Y, Z. Yeah, maybe. I, I have to look at the numbers a little more carefully. But he only had 11 picks last year, 14 the year before. And then the three years before, he was 7-12-7. That was coming off of 16, 14, 17, 14, 12. So, you know, he, he's a double-digit picks guy. But you live with that because he attacks down the field he, and he can hit the home run. Uh, and, yes, you know, the the – not having Julio Jones as is, you know, as kind of his wide receiver one anymore, that may take a little bit of time to grow out of. But uh, like I said, I, I I had Calvin Ridley as a, um, you know, his val- player value performance for me was better than Julio Jones by a decent amount in the games that they played. On top of his availability being a hundred percent, with Julio only playing part of the season. On top of the fact that Julio is, you know, 32 and, you know, probably at the end. Getting up there. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I am perfectly willing to excuse the, uh, the Matt Ryan interceptions. That's just part of the, that's part of the game, uh, you know, and, and if he had a couple that were especially consequential, that to me for is, feels more random than like, oh, well, he's, it's over for him. Cause like, yeah. I, I like the Matt Schaub, you remember when he dissolved and like he was throwing a pick six every game? Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> I I think that was a one off. I don't think that's like a thing that happens all the time. That quarterbacks late in their careers just become like God. No, I, I don't think he's lacking the arm strength. I don't think he's lacking. It's just a few bad decisions, and when you throw the ball four hundred times, how many times you throw the ball? It sounds like you have the stats up. Uh, 600, he's averaging about 600 attempts per season. 
Yeah. I mean, 11 bad decisions, I guess. And we'd have to look at, you know, games or games where he wasn't, uh, or uh, interceptable passes if you want to get a little deeper into that stuff. But, uh, yeah, and Dan, Dan brings this up. I can't answer this question. Can you name the, the Falcons backup quarterback? It might be AJ, AJ. McCarron. It is. We, I looked at this today when I was looking at additions and subtractions. AJ McCarron. So this this season goes off the rails if AJ McCarron has to play. You do this is a bottom yeah ten backup. AJ, if AJ McCarron plays, you're drafting Matt Ryan's replacement next year at the yeah. top of the draft. Yeah, you're, um, you're and that's badly. fine. I guess. Did you? What did you think of not drafting a, a quarterback for them this year? Did they wildly screw up, or do you think they can get three more years out of Matt Ryan with the resurgent offense? I don't know if they tried, but like you'll never you'll never know. Maybe they tried to trade back and just couldn't get a partner because it went quarterback, 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 which puts you in a bad spot. Yeah. Because the top three are gone. So you're trading back. Do you love Fields? Do you love Jones? Do you love somebody else down the board? You've got to trade back. You're waiting for somebody to get the the proper offer. I mean, you knew it was going quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Maybe if they coveted Lance and it went fields, they'd have gone with it. But it's tough. It's a tough spot knowing that, you know, seeing in your own division a quarterback play well past where, you know, Matt Ryan is and saying, I think we got some gas left in this tank. Let's get him another weapon. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Let's look at the schedule. Let's let's break this puppy down because it's a little bit of a weird one. Um there are some teams that don't have a lot of advantage disadvantage spots at all. They just have a lot of normal ass games. And then there are the teams like the <laughs> Atlanta Falcons that have something weird every freaking week. Uh, I, I mean, biggest one right off the bat, seven yeah. out of 17 games are in Georgia. Yes. That's not they great. Lose a home game. Not great. It's not great. Losing a home game and you're an NFC team. So it means you already had an extra away game and you lose one to London. I guess let me ask you a question. It's a hell of a lot longer flight from Atlanta to London than it is from New York to London. That's why we're basically saying that's a road game, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's a road game for both teams, but that doesn't really matter to, you know, like the Jets suffering doesn't matter at all to Atlanta over the course of a season. It's a road game because it's in England. Right. Yeah, I know. I just meant like your travel, your burden of travel is greater than your opponents. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a home game on your schedule. Slightly, yeah, slightly. It's a few more hours, so it, it doesn't it doesn't help. At least they were smart enough to take the buy afterwards, I guess. But yeah, they 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 need that one. Like that's if they're going to compete, if it's going to be a good team, you have to win your London game because it's against the Jets. Like it's going to be not only that, but um. When you start looking at teams like the Jets, the Bears, God, we'll get to the Bears. See if they, it might be Andy Dalton for some of that stuff. Or, um, yeah, the, the the Bears situation is going to be goofy. But when you're facing a team who's bringing in a rookie quarterback like this and going to start him right off the bat, like, you know, the Jags, like the Jets, you don't ever see these rookie quarterbacks just blow it off the page, like, right away. Once they get going, yeah, but I, I'd rather face some of these rookie quarterbacks early in the season if they are going to be good. Like if Wilson's going to be good, if Lawrence is going to be good, let's get it out of the way early before they get their footing in the NFL. So a little bit of advantage, but like if 
if that turns out and it works up in another situation where new coach, new quarterback, if it works out and you lose that game in London, your season's not looking great. So that's a that's a rough spot for them. And yeah, up and down the schedule. Buffalo Buffalo only has home games in like December, apparently. We keep running into this. Like Buffalo, oh, you gotta play Buffalo in December. Apparently everybody's playing Buffalo in December somehow. <laughs> and then, you know, there's some back-to-backs, Carolina, San Francisco. That's a back-to-back where you're traveling across the coast from coast to coast, Carolina to San Francisco. Your other back-to-back is coming off the heels of your worst game, really. Tampa Bay, you're the biggest dog, plus nine and a half, going up to the Giants after that, before a couple of easy games before the bye. But then, yeah, coming off the bye – you got a tough spot there with a an up and coming team on the road in Miami. It's it's week seven, so it's not the super heat down in Miami you get early on, but that's not a great spot. And then no. Buffalo late. Uh, and this is my question to you: What is the easiest three game spot on the schedule for them? I mean, the, the candidate, the, Giants, the easy candidate Giants, is Wash, Giants, Washington that, Jets. Yeah, that's got to be it. The other I mean, one that sucks because it's that's not a great stretch. <laughs> no, one of those games is in London. Like if you're yeah. just looking at that without that, it's it's not. It's like oh, it's clearly that there's a case to be made for it being a different spot later down. Like where New England, Jacks, Tampa. I'm yeah, I'm thinking either that or Jacks, Tampa, Carolina, or yeah. New England, Jacks, Tampa. I guess that New England Jacks Tampa Carolina stretch I like a lot, especially considering what we just broke down about Carolina and the fact that they may be they may be calling it at that point. They may be white flagged. Um, so coming off that bye for them, you may be getting a new quarterback. Uh, maybe a lot of um, you know you you may be a meaningful road fave uh, in that Week 14 game. Yeah, and then some. I, I mentioned Buffalo late. I guess I didn't expound on why why that, but Patrick did it for me in the chat. They're a dome team. Like it's it's one thing the Jets go up to Buffalo late. The you know the Packers go to Buffalo late. Uh, you, know, you know what? The, hey, being a dome this, team going to Buffalo. You know late, what? This uh, second to last second to last game of their season last year. I bet the uh, this dome team out in the frozen tundra of yeah, I'll uh, take them at like plus ten and Kansas a half. City of ten and a half. Yeah, the price is right. And let's talk about the price being right on some of these spots. Uh, if we are only implying seven wins here, but we are obviously kind of uh, cautiously optimistic enough on this offense that seven wins feels low. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. optimistic about the Falcons this year. Let's let's in and by the way, those seven wins at one, two, three, four, five. You are a meaningful favorite in six of those games, and then there's a pick'em. Uh, and a minus one, and you know, a minus one and a half. You know, there, there are and a plus one and a half. There are four coin flips uh, and six games where you are a decent favorite. Um, yeah, this is potentially a ten. Yeah, this digits, is a, this yeah. could be a ten win deal. Um, I think this is you know, I think there is a, a uh, you know, you know the the body of the distribution of outcomes for the for the Falcons. I think is seven to ten wins. And the outlier high, I think, is you know eleven, twelve. The outlier low is probably five or six. And the interesting part about this is they are the twenty-third power-ranked team by the market right now at minus two. Their power number is minus two, so two points worse than an average team. 
which I have. That catches me by surprise, considering even last year, the Warriors coach, they were about a you know a fifty. They were about a five hundred team. Um, I have them neutral as well. The market expects them to have the 18th best offense and the 29th best defense. We didn't talk really about the defense at all. And I don't know that that's going to matter a ton for this Falcons team this year. Like they're not winning games 24, 21 guys. Like they're going to have to score 30 and everything. You know, what we're talking about for the positive upside here is that the off this offense is clearly in the top 10, not 18. Is that, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I think, especially ceiling wise. Do you think they, I mean, are, are they, is the market that wrong about this team from a power rating standpoint on offense? 18th, 18th is really, really low. I think, I think the market is undervaluing the offense, but the, the defense might be a big enough hindrance that it won't matter. It depends like how bad this defense can be. The defense has a pretty low floor. The offense has a higher ceiling than we think, or yeah. than a lot of people think, I believe. Somebody did yeah. ask who was Ark Smith, the OC, the last time the Titans went to London. He was not. Ooh. He was on the team as the Titans, Titans coach. coach. He was. It was the year before he took over, so he has been a part of a team going to London. He knows the. It was under Mike Vrabel again at the time, offensive coordinator that year, Matt Lafleur. Yeah. Dean B is defending. Honestly, looking even looking at this schedule and the places where they're dogs by by a meaningful amount, like do you think they can compete toe to toe with Tampa Bay from a scoring standpoint? I kind of do. Yeah, I mean, if your defense is bad, I guess Tampa. I mean, the answer is like, how do you really lose that game? It's like the defense is so bad, Tampa puts forty up. But if you can get into one of those shootouts, like shootouts, shootouts invite variance. Six point dogs. The same way that most scoring games. Five and a half point dogs at Dallas. Those numbers don't really check out to me. No, I mean we've we've both said we're like two points off the market on this. Yeah. And if if Dallas doesn't get it together, on can you imagine what that? That'll be the game where the totals opens like fifty six. Gets bet up to fifty eight, and it ends oh, up yeah. like twenty one fourteen, like that Dallas that Dallas game. I like. I'll Sunday. take a forty. I'll take a forty three six forty three to six uh, Falcons final score there. Yeah. Forty nine points scored. Um, that was what happened when they played the Raiders last year, and I think that market you just described was that market. For oh yeah, that, Falcons Raiders. <laughs> uh, that was the week that the Raiders just like, oh my god, their offense just finally broke. Like they're done with track meets. They're just watching the track meet happen now. That was an awful game. And yeah. I mean, unless you had the Atlanta ticket, obviously it was a lot of fun though. But no, I think uh, the New Orleans and Dallas numbers are a bit high. I'd be betting them there. Tampa, Tampa. What what does Tampa open their season with? Dallas Thursday night football. So yeah, oh god, that easy one, dumb question. So let's say Tampa blows the doors off Dallas. You get a ten and a half on Atlanta, even if they beat Philly, or even a ten. That's a bet. Like this is a team I'm I'm gonna like to bet in some of these double digit spots just based on so, how much higher the offense we think will be. And even in some of these low, you know, low favorite spots like the New England Thursday night game, it's a rookie head coach on a Thursday night. Not great, but if we're confident in this coaching staff and New England's doing what they're gonna might be doing, we I might be taking them there because <laughs> you can fight against an angle and 
watch the number be a little cheaper than you'd expect it to be. So yeah. Yeah, I think we're we're a little off market on Atlanta, and I think they're going to be a bet on team. Can I ask you another kind of nuanced question here? Let's say they do do their jobs against Philly Week One. Let's say they are live in that Tampa game. Maybe they don't get the upset, but that's like a game decided late with the patented Brady kind of you know game clinching game clinching field goal drive or something. And then the, Atlanta takes care of business against the Giants. Week three. How quickly does the market react and move them in from a minus two to an even or a plus money? Is this one of those where the market is going to be quick to react because we've seen this Atlanta team and this offense and MVP Matt Ryan do amazing things in the past and and they potentially will be doing it with points. So the fantasy players are going to be paying attention and the highlights are going to be interesting. Like, is this one of those where we're not going to have a lot of bites at the apple? I think what you just said, you could go two ways. Like, are we going to adjust quickly in Atlanta's favor? Because we've seen this team do this with this offense in years past with a former MVP, uh, a wide receiver one that's stepped up and, you know, a rookie tight end that's, blowing the doors off people, but people might also go the other way. And by people, I mean the market, the market makers, the market setters say, well, we've also seen Atlanta do this where it's like, oh, this team's good. And then, you know, they, they piddle away games. They lose games in funny ways. They turn into the Chargers East. So I think there'll be some push pull there. I think they might have to do it a couple more weeks. It might okay. take till after week five to really see a heavy adjustment. Okay. That goes out the window if they beat Tampa week two. Yeah, if they beat Tampa, the, the adjustment has to be pretty big pretty quick. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, this is one of those where it's like there are, you know, because we were talking about conceptually like a team like Philly, if they happen to be better than the market thinks, it could still take the market a super long time to come around on them. Yeah. And then the opposite for the Falcons, I feel like. I feel like if they're better, if the offense is like – hanging 35 comfortably, <laughs> then people people are on it. Off, and that's the thing, too. Like, if they lose, if they win some games, it's one thing. If they win some games with some eye-popping offense, that's that's the sort of stuff that gets noticed. Just like you said, the highlights. Uh, oh, my God, is Matt Ryan back? Like, that's the worst part about the media, too. Like, if the offense does pop over the first couple weeks, let's say even if they lose to Tampa in a shootout, like – is Matt Ryan a dark horse MVP candidate? Like that's your that's that's what first take is talking about the next day. And like, we're yeah, talking they're, about they're one is one. Art Smith is Art Smith the presumptive coach of the year? <laughs> He's, yeah, that's good to, down to minus one ten at that point. But see, that's why I think you play that right. You know, you're not because I don't know that you're going to have a lot of bites at the apple with this Falcons team over the course of the season. So yeah. I think you do swing for the fences with the likes of an Art Smith coach of the year. Like that was the whole point. Like. You're not, you know, let's look at their odds because you're not getting quite enough of a price for them to win the South. Your their alt over is not quite good enough uh, to really go bananas on these guys. Um, Super Bowl odds seventy five to one, NFC twenty five to one. I don't think either of us is willing to make a case that this defense improves enough that they're, you know, that they're going to be able to make noise in the playoffs. Um, and honestly, like. Those are no bets anyway, because I don't think that they could win the NFC South with Tampa Bay looming. Um, Tampa Bay is in an absolute prime, prime, prime position to take care of business in the South. 
my opinion. Um, so you're left with make the playoffs. Yes. A two to one or an over, you know, eight and a half. What's that over eight and a half going to be at circa like minus one or plus one sixty ish. Yeah. It's not going to be massive. Not going to be great. And then your other alternative is, well, if they get the wild card, if they hit their, you know, the 10 to the 10 win upper portion of the, the body of the distribution or the outlier high season that comes in for them, 11 or 12, then Art Smith coach of the year is so, so, so in play. It is. And 25 to one was a bad price. I will, uh, I will go down swinging with the four and 12, uh, four and 13 Atlanta Falcons this year saying that. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll be clutching, you know, um, as we turn into CLV. a cob. Had all that CLV. I'm not Owen. Or no, it's not CLV. It's LIV, right? LIV. Yeah. We, Line improvement have, value. We got to come up with a snappier term with that. Honestly, I give the guy clipboard Delta and he doesn't That's ask good. me for any names for this, uh, this thing he invented. He's getting yelled at on Twitter right now, by the way. Oh yeah. He was he was yeah. having some he had some funny tweets today. I wonder what's he getting what he's getting yelled at. Um okay. The uh so any of these other numbers that we didn't cover or didn't talk about really stick out to you? If you're gonna play the Falcons, you you know, ride ride coach of the year with us. Is that we is that kind of where you land? Yeah, if I'm betting them, if I like them a lot, I prefer to make the playoffs. The South number isn't big enough with just how good Tampa can be. And then also, because it's like, oh, yeah, I bet them to win the South and they win 11 and six and finish two games behind Tampa. Like, I oh, guess good. last last key question for you, because there's some enthusiasm, because I think this team can get into the wild card race, maybe even win a playoff game if they draw the right NFC East team. Um, this is a team you bet on now, as opposed to during the season, because a lot of the a lot of the hay can come in the first five weeks because of that stretch we talked about at the beginning giants yeah uh, giants with the giants and the jets in there it's not one of these teams where like hey here's where we bet this team because they're down and out but they have an easy stretch like they their easy stretch is a little earlier so i i would think like all twins total over to make the playoffs if you can find a, a decent Art Smith number over like 15 or 18 to one at coach of the year, maybe that, that that's my looks here to win the, to win the NFC is a little sketchy, like 25 is not a big enough number. And you, and again, if you want to bet it, bet it now. I don't, I don't think the only, the only way it gets bigger is a situation where it doesn't matter if it's big. They don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, not, right. not no. Yeah. They blow, like, oh, they blow three, one, no. they blow three double matter. digit leads in the second half of the first three games of the season. And yeah, it's over. It's done. It's yeah. dead. Um, real quick. Uh, over under the Falcons get to play against three and a half rookie quarterbacks. All right. So we said, Oh man. Yeah, again, Houston won't be a rookie even if it's not Deshaun. <laughs> that was a weird one. Um I'm looking at Carolina's schedule. I'm a big dumb, I'm a big <laughs> dumb nerd. We need to all right, Dan brought the schedule back up for us. All right. So the Jets. Yes. Almost in, in less of an injury. It's guaranteed. guaranteed. Uh, yep. Jacksonville. Yes. I wouldn't think they'd bench him. What's the point? No point. Your third one. Niners, huh? 
Niners. It is late, late in the year. Trey Lance, an eight and a half point favorite against Matt Ryan at home. By the way, if there's if there were a look ahead spot, you... <laughs> that's a if big had, old number. If you had to bet any look ahead spot, maybe that would be it. If you're feeling like a gambler today, yeah, I think so too. I I might take that Dallas plus six two or plus five was a five and a half. Um, I could see that be a pick them come that game. Uh, yeah. but yeah, no, they're they're probably gonna get Lance late in the season. They may get Mac Jones. Middle of the season, New England. Um, well, I hadn't thought of that. That might, it, yeah. Yeah. You might have four rookie quarterbacks. Might have four, you might have four rookie quarterbacks on your schedule. Bitch about this schedule. They might face four <laughs> rookie quarterbacks, a Dallas team that's wildly overrated, uh, the Eagles before they figure things out. And yeah. really, like, it, it might not be as bad as we thought. Yeah. You, you, here's some other quarterbacks on their schedule. You ready? Yeah. Jalen Hurts, Daniel Jones. Tua, Sam Darnold. Uh, we'll go with uh, Taysom Hill. We'll go with, uh, do you think Goff is even going to be the starter in Detroit Week 16? Why not? We'll go with Goff. And then another Taysom Hill spot. Okay. The point is here, this is an easy schedule. It kind of Your is. defense Definitely. isn't going to be. Your defense isn't going to be exposed. You got to play Tom Brady twice. You got to play uh, Josh Allen, and that's it. Dak Prescott, and that's it. Yeah, you have four games where you are going up against. I think we have high confidence in a top ten quarterback out of seventeen. It's pretty good. And you're yeah. If this offense works, if Art Smith can fix the offense, this is a team that is. Ticklin at a playoff spot and Fitz magic. Yeah. Fitz magic MVP. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like that you played that cause that's fun, but uh, I don't know that I'm bought in on the Fitz. I, I should have played. Year. Yeah. There was 200 to ones out there. I should have played that. So oh, 200 to one. Oh, you missed the best of the number by a mile. Uh, Apparently, ooh, someone says Art Smith is still 25 to 1 at William Hill right now. So, you ooh, nice. legal eagles out there, go jump on that with us. That would be fun to be celebrating that in about six months. I'm very, God, six months, that only puts us in like, um, that? that is January. Yeah. No, six mind. months gets us there. Yeah. Yep. Six months is right. I just, yeah. it's, it still feels like a long ways until we get to the NFL season, but we are getting, we're knocking these out. We'll be doing Tampa and New Orleans. We'll talk about Tom Brady and Taysom Hill and maybe some Jameis too later this week. Uh, Wednesday, same danger time, same danger place, 8 Eastern on this very YouTube channel. And then we will be talking some Olympics. Oh, yeah. That I can't wait for. Yes, I'm. Very right. I, this is. I'm enjoying this too. Obviously, this is. I am very much awesome. enjoying getting back to NFL. This is. Yeah, this is excellent. I love this. This is uh, exactly what I like to do this time of year. This gets you prepped. Like having to come up with things to talk about, it leads to interesting angles when you start looking at things. Absolutely, like the Carolina potentially best served tanking. No, I, I think of a lot of people just on the surface look at Carolina's schedule and be like, it's in a historic rest spot schedule. And you look Which at Atlanta, it's like, oh, oh they true. only they only get seven games at home. But essentially, it's like Atlanta's schedule 
isn't that bad. And Carolina's might not be that great. Yeah. And on top of that, uh, why not spin it this way? Atlanta gets 10 games where they have road field advantage. Everything about that. Everything about that. I'll bet the betters and yelling at me.